Spoons drawer today. And we have a very special guest. Hey guys, thanks for joining me. As I mentioned, we have a very special guest. And I just wanted to say thanks for coming to hang out with us today, Hannah. I'm so excited to be here, Grace. Thanks so much for having me in the spoon drawer on this beautiful Sunday afternoon. Woo! All right. So I figured we might as well, since this is the Hannah, the bestie, that is referenced in the very first episode of the spoon drawer. And we met on the playground because we weren't playing and we were very familiar with the feelings and woes of kidney infections and bladder infections. And we're just going to stroll down memory lane for a second. Take us back to the playground, Grace. So what do you remember, Hannah, about, like, we always had same, the same things going on at the same time. Agreed. We always had, um, it was mainly, I remember our kidneys. And we, I don't remember nearly as much as, you remember, but I always remember us needing to rest. I always remember us being sick. I always remember us not being able to participate or, you know, compl- I don't want to say complaining, but almost complaining with ailments as small children. That's a lot of what I remember. I remember, I think the one I remember the most, I guess there's two. The first thing that I remember is always have a stomach aches and like nobody yeah. ever got that, but you always had stomach aches real bad. Like, oh my gosh, we always felt nauseous. Always nauseous. We were always <laughs> nauseous. <laughs> Story of my life. Right? Every every day. <laughs> so some things have not changed. Um, so the other thing I remember is like how we would get just different kinds of bacterial infections at the same time in like middle school. Like I remember that in eighth grade for some reason, like a lot. Agreed. We, um, and that's what, you know, it, a lot of this, the stuff that we're going to be talking about and the stuff you've already talked about. And when we start saying autoimmune, it almost makes me feel like so much of it's environmental. Um, I just find it so hard to believe that, you know, we were going through such similar things, and it's just, I feel like it's its a lot of this has got to do with maybe the fact that we grew up in rural Georgia with chemicals being sprayed. and All the time, everywhere. All the time, everywhere, over the fields. I just, I feel like it's almost like the same thing with cancer. I feel like autoimmune diseases are going to be eventually put into the same type of boat, quotation marks there, um, as just looking at environmental. Um, I know that some of this stuff is in our bodies. It's been in my body since I was born. My family members have it, but yeah, I just can't go back to really lately, really thinking environmentally what is going on and how many more people are going to have to be diagnosed with crazy illnesses that have never been seen before, before people start kind of waking up. Well, and like, I just... To go back to, like, the environmental issues that we dealt with as far as chemicals being sprayed around the crops because we grew up yeah. in such a country area. But if we were in a concentrated, dense city, I mean, the smog would be smog. so bad and in a different way. But there's still yeah. chemicals floating around everyone's yeah, no air. Yeah, what 
it's everywhere. It's, it's everywhere. everywhere. Okay. Not getting away from it. Well, isn't that just a grim way to start our <laughs> podcast today? <laughs> Woo. Hi, here I am. <laughs> <laughs> a dose of truth with Hannah and Grace. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. Now, we've covered like stuff is kids, kids, but I know one thing that starts to strike me as our cases being different is by high school, I was, well, we both had real bad acid reflux by high school, I will say, and that's one reason, like, our throat would gurgle, and, like, they would, our throats would almost talk to each other, I remember that, but what was different was my bone issues, like my kneecap rolling out of place, if you remember, and like I had to wear that knee brace and I couldn't bend my leg. So I was like you dragging. Had bones shifting, bones doing weird things. And I was um, always going on with me, but like that wasn't something necessarily that you dealt with ever at all. No. Okay. No, until the joint pain started up, which around my diagnosis of lupus. Um, the joint pain was the first any kind of joint or bone issues I had had before. And I had that's something that was almost as old as my nausea, I feel like. Yeah, which exactly. was something I, that I was nobody believed me. No, but that was the first thing yeah, I feel like agreed. that we weren't and, um, believed. I, I have had a lot of guilt um, about it. You know, um, Grace knows this, but you all, I want to be open and honest. Um, okay. Open and honest? Open and honest about is not believing you or having a hard time believing your symptoms before I started feeling my symptoms. Like when Grace would say things like, Hannah, it makes me so tired to pick up a glass, this full glass, or it makes me so tired to open a door. I would just be like, what is this girl talking about? Like, that's my best friend, but she has lost her mind. And then it happens to you, and you're like, okay, this is what Grace was talking about. Uh-huh. And I had, I had a lot of guilt over that. Grace knows this, but I want everybody else to know it too. But I've had a lot of guilt over the fact that, I, did, I don't want to say I didn't believe her, but I did not, like, if I would have known what she was going through, I would have been, like, by her side, like, living with her (laughs) helping her because but you cannot but at the same time I have to go back and say that you cannot fathom until you're there yourself you know you can't fathom what it's like to not to be able to open a door because it's too heavy or to get tired by taking a shower okay well for those people out there who just heard her say that on my end of the spectrum, she was the one who believed me. So while she feels like she wasn't there for me and that she didn't believe me, she she still made me feel supported. She still made me feel um, like like she got it to some degree. Like she believed me, and I I mean I don't I don't think that you know, she didn't believe me. I could understand how she had a hard time getting it, but I still feel like she was the most supportive person for over a decade about my symptoms and how bad I felt. So anyway, (laughs) um, you're awesome, Hannah. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) Okay. So let's just go ahead. Okay. So like she mentioned earlier, it's hard when to fathom the symptoms that you're hearing from the person you've known your whole life, basically. And for me, the most shocking one that Hannah, you deal with is the Raynaud's, um, the re the effects of having that disease and what happens blows my mind and like bends 
to anybody I tell about it. They're like, what? So tell me, like, what happens? So pretty much, I have had cold hands and feet my entire life. So has my mother. Um, Almost to the point, you know, things just, when you live with something your whole life, you really don't know any different. Yeah, I always had uncomfortable, it was always uncomfortable being that cold, but I never really, you know, no matter what I would do, they, like I never put on socks or anything because of it, because even with socks on, they were still freezing. And you just get used to it. Well, one day I was in the shower and my hands just, it was in a hot shower and Raynaud's has really got a lot to do with the temperature change. And I'm just scrubbing away and I look down and my hands are completely black. And of course, this just complete terror comes over me. I think my hands are literally going to fall off right there in the shower. It gives me a panic attack. Um, I call the the guy I was dating at the time to come, he has to leave work, come to the house. By the time he gets there, my hands have gone kind of back to normal. Um, really scary. And I don't remember exactly how long it was until I found out um, what that was making it do that. But I do know that's how I, one of the ways I got my diagnosis was because I brought yeah. up, I happened to bring up the hand changing colors in the my first rheumatologist appointment. But when you have Raynaud's, the arteries um, in your hands and feet constrict and you go through color changes from white to purple, that day in the shower, mine turned black, and then all the way to red, um, which some people can have pain when, they, when they're red. When the blood starts returning back, the hands start getting red, some people can have pain there. I will say that it's only happened to me twice. And the pain was so excruciating, I just wanted to scream. I can't imagine somebody that has daily flares and pain with their flares. I feel like I'm very lucky not to have a lot of pain, just have a weird feeling, loss of kind of like, it's the same thing as getting um, frostbitten. It's the same exact thing. So the tips of my fingers get um, really numb and and start changing colors. It's pretty cool. Me and and Hendrix call it zombie hands, just kind of lighten up the mood. So. Yeah, you gotta. That's one thing that we do is make jokes about our stuff. Like we yeah. make some really dark sense of humor kind of <laughs> jokes because that helped. That's how we deal with it. And no laughter isn't a medicine, and that it's gonna cure it. But dang, it makes it easier. It makes it a lot easier, especially when you have someone to laugh with. Okay. Agreed. So I'm gonna um go back to the fact that like why. Well, for one, we're super lucky that if we do have to go through these diseases that we're not alone because we have each other and it's been a crazy ride and a crazy journey as far as our experiences with this goes. But the reason, like we we had this idea and we've been talking about doing this kind of podcast awareness for, you know, a year plus because it it just seemed like, you know, we have to, it was, we have to, it's not even our decision to make. We just have to do it. And there's so many reasons why we find it important to do this, but like for one example, um, Hannah was in the hospital last week, which we mentioned briefly, and the same t- the same day that you went in, like I think about the same exact time that you went into the hospital, my friend over here in Savannah's mother was going into the hospital at the same time. Hers was for lupus, and you know yours was for your cystitis is that right yeah it was for the bladder it's a pelvic floor 
issue is what it is, and it um, affects, it's very painful. I read on one website when I was researching that it was one of the most 10 painful diseases that you can have, and I honestly believe it. Um, it feels like what I would, I've never had kidney stones, but what I would assume kidney stones feel like, but it doesn't stop. There's no kidney stones in there for them to take out. Oh, <laughs> like, God. Like it's just, that's um, not, it's, it's real bad. Lately, I, um, I have been, I've been having problems a lot daily with it. Just painful, um, everything from pain during sex, sorry, Rocky, um, to uh, pain when I urinate, um, pain in my rectum. This is so embarrassing, but let's just put it all out there. Um, and I did not experience that for a really, really long time. I've been hearing her talk about it, and it sounded, like, insane. And lo and behold, just a couple of weeks ago, my pelvic floor started hurting, and it was, there was yep. pressure. <laughs> All right. Unfortunately, we just lost Hannah. <laughs> so we're going to continue on discussing the issue. So now we've gotten to hear a little bit about Hannah's experiences and I want to just keep going really fast. Um, I know I was cut off when I said the pain was so bad I could hardly stand up. I have experienced that a few times, but I feel like it is very centered around either dehydration or PMS. So I want to talk for a second um, on the Mayo Clinic about some of the complications that can occur from MCTD. And we're going to see pulmonary hypertension, interstitial lung disease, which we mentioned earlier, heart disease, kidney damage, digestive tract damage, anemia, about 75% of people have iron deficiency because the body cannot regenerate new cells if you are deficient in your iron. So I can see your tissue suffering from that iron deficiency. We're also going to see tissue death necrosis um, and it says that people with severe Raynaud's disease can develop gangrene in the fingers but the last one we're going to see is very interesting hearing loss in one small study hearing loss was reported in almost half of the patients with MCTD so more research is definitely needed to understand the association there but like I said earlier the more that we accept that if it's a tissue issue the more I feel like we can kind of understand how broad and how diverse MCTD can be from its symptoms to its experiences to the lack of diagnosis, more information needs to be discovered and solidified when looking at mixed connective tissue disease. All right, well, thank you so much. I hope you were able to learn a little bit of something. If you also suffer from Raynaud's, just know you are not alone. It, as Hannah said, can make you feel kind of like a zombie, but you're not alone. We're all in this together, and we're gonna raise awareness for the good of the spoon drawer. So thank you so much for stopping by. This has been a Coastal Empire Wellness production. Feel free to leave comment or send us your story. You can email us coastalempirewellness at gmail.com subscribe to the podcast and the blog thespoondrawer.wordpress.com thanks guys hang in there till next time